Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are joined by Richard Burns. You can find on Twitter at Richard the Burns. He also writes for Yahoo and makes appearances on the Blue Moon podcast. Richard, we have you on because Manchester City are the 2017-18 Premier League champions. Hey. <laughs> yep, there is the required A after being told that you are champions. Um, just quickly run us through what the season has been like for a Manchester City fan. Uh, just absolutely wonderful. There aren't really uh, the words that, that do it justice. It's the, the quality of football from about the fourth game of the season onwards has been absolutely blistering. And it's the kind of football that you never really expect to get to see your own club play. And that I say that knowing that there are plenty of other good football teams, obviously. Um, Tottenham play a very entertaining brand of football. Liverpool are very entertaining to watch. But what City have done this season is, I think, as close to perfecting the game as you can reasonably get. Maybe not quite yet in the the bracket of Pep's Barcelona team that probably were the most perfect football team I've ever seen. Uh, but I used to I used to watch that that Barcelona team and, and dream of seeing football like that at the Etihad. And we've not got football like it. We've got it with the same manager um, doing the same stuff. And it's borne out, you know, it, it'd be great to go and watch if the results weren't, weren't so fantastic or the results would be fantastic and winning the league and the, the cup would be great if it if the football wasn't as entertaining but we've got a, a blend of the two that we're just incredibly fortunate to to be able to go and watch and to to say that, that that's our team and, and to be in that stadium or however you watch them to be watching that week in week out um, it, it's a team that I think has largely come to be admired I think by by football fans around the world this season, and it's um, it's just sort of pinch yourself to believe that that that's your team. Uh, and, and without getting too deep on it, you know, I was brought up on a, a city team that when I started going and got my first season ticket, we were in the, the third tier and were dreadful. Um, we got out of it, and my first five seasons of having a season ticket, they didn't stay in the same division. They they just yo-yoed. So. From that and and from the Stuart Pearce team that 
scored 10 home goals in an entire season. It's just, it's it's not that it obviously delegitimizes any other success, but it gives a, I think maybe a slightly different context to um, to City fans. It's obviously needed a hell of a lot of investment along the way, and we basically won the lottery to get that. But it's, it really is, it's just dream stuff. Absolute, absolute dream stuff to, to see a City team that's equaled a record for the earliest ever Premier League win in, in terms of games remaining to the end of the season and might yet break points records, might yet break goal scoring records. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's obviously incredible. And you are well on your way to what is likely a historic um, Premier League winning team, as you mentioned. You could break both 100, 100 marks uh, yet, but that remains to be seen. Um, I want to talk about the actual day yesterday um because we had been talking for the better part of the last three weeks ish on like trying to get you on when you won the title um and yesterday we were talking about next week because it was very likely that manchester united were going to beat 20th place west brom who had just sacked their manager yet they end up falling short against west brom big thanks to dan um 1878 underscore wa on twitter um they obviously help you out a little bit there um what was it like seeing uh, your rivals falling short to hand you the title. It was great. I've I've had the concern for a while that winning it without playing was becoming a real possibility, and that that would feel anticlimactic. And it was obviously a very different feeling to being in the stadium. And last week, um, you know, I I think I've said sort of as early as about December on on this show that my absolute dream scenario would be to keep such a significant lead that we could win the title against United. And then all the stars aligned that that could have happened and we had it in the bag. I mean, that that first half in the derby was about as delirious as I've ever been at a football game. And the feeling after it was extremely low because that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And there was a fear that when we did win it, it might just feel like, yeah, well, we knew that was going to happen and now it isn't quite as good. But the truth is, whilst obviously it wasn't the same feeling as winning the league at home against United, it was still wonderful yesterday. I sort of, I'll be honest, I had the United game on, but I only had half an eye on it. I was, I think I was, I was cooking through the first half. And then the second half started to watch with a bit more of an interest because a draw would have meant that um, we could have either won it on Wednesday when they play Bournemouth or um we would have only needed a point to seal it against Swansea on Sunday. And then when it went in, I surprised myself with how loud I cheered the West Brom goal. And then as the as the game was going on, I was sort of on, on tenterhooks as it moved into stoppage time, um, ready to text friends and, and, and text family and stuff like that just to to be in touch with them. And it was, it was still a great feeling. And even though... Uh, unlike every other trophy win since 2011, I've uh, I've watched with my dad and um, and other family members or friends. I was on my own for this one, but it still felt amazing, and it was still a shared experience because I was still in touch with all those people, and it still confirmed us as, as champions. And it was funny, you know, it, it was funny to know that United fans had to suffer that indignity of handing us the title whilst they were. At, at their own stadium, and that I, I know it sounds really petty when I get into this stuff, but it's the you know the nature of it. It's fun to know that they had to suffer that, and it's just a different way of winning it. And it was it was beautiful in its own right. Yeah, it definitely was uh, not what many were expecting. Um, Jose Mourinho was asked basically this question uh, after the match, and he asked about what it felt like having 
um, basically given the title to their rivals. And he uh, actually said if he was Pep Guardiola, he would be offended that this question was asked uh, because it implies that Manchester United losing one match was more impactful than Manchester City winning 30-plus. Uh, just curious uh, on what you thought of his comments af- after the relatively same question. Yeah, he was um, he was extremely magnanimous, given that uh, it's obviously... He has a rivalry with Guardiola. I don't care what either of them say about it. They're obviously um, not quite best friends. And it was, and he's had his digs throughout the season. But when it came to it, he was extremely magnanimous. And I don't think it was it was a deflection tactic because he went on to be extremely critical of his players. Uh, so it was it was nice to hear. And I, you know, I'm, I'm by no means a Mourinho fan, but uh, I, I just think there's a there's a time and a place for. Uh, you know, mind games, if that's what we call them, or for for having the petty digs. And when a team wins the league, it's just time to say congratulations, regardless of whether that's your biggest rival or not. You just have to hold your hands up and accept the best team wins the league. And he's right. I mean, the, the fact is he's right as well. City haven't won the league because United lost against West Brom. This wasn't some massive upset that's put it on a plate for us, like when they drew 4 all with Everton in 2012. This is a league one because of City's brilliance. It just happened that the finishing line was crossed by virtue of that result. Um, it, you know, it just made the, it confirmed the maths, didn't it? But the, the title isn't won because United lost to West Brom. It's been won because because Manchester City have been by an absolute, an absolutely huge distance, the best football team in England this season. So uh, one, he was magnanimous and that was good to hear because I didn't think he had it in him. And two, uh, he was he was correct, and it forces due credit onto City, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's the way it should be. Yeah, it was uh, surprising to hear him be as uh, magnanimous as he was. Usually, we see the more theatrical version, but I, I think to a large extent, it's that there was nothing to be done about it anymore. You were officially crowned champions, and so there's not much reason to to fight on that front left. Um, although it was a bit surprising, uh, we meant to have uh, Josh on yesterday. Um, uh, and, and one of the things I wanted to talk to him about was that I, I was concerned as a Tottenham fan that still has to battle them for, you know, top four-ish, um, but also the FA Cup uh, semifinal. I felt like that was going to be the turning point for the rest of their season, the, the way they came back against you. And now I think what we learned is that that was the last of their energy, that, that they kind of conjured up one last hurrah um, to derail you winning it at home against them. But uh, just they they looked absent and dead against West Brom and uh, I don't know why I'm talking about United when this is your day because Manchester City are <laughs> champions. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next up uh, on on that show yesterday we talked about um, where this Manchester City team kind of fits in the pantheon of great Premier League sides of years past, and also curious to hear uh, it, how this is different to when you won uh, under uh, Pellegrini and uh, Mancini. Yeah, on the the first one, um, maybe a slightly dull answer. I don't know, uh, but in the in the all time greats and in, in that pantheon, it's an impossible question to answer and, and satisfy everybody. Um, because if I say I think it makes us the best Premier League team of all time, then I obviously have a bias towards that because I watch every game that City play. Um, I think it's a it's a legitimate argument to have, and it certainly puts City in that company and it puts them in the conversation 
Um, but I think really that's as much as you can ask for. It's like, it's, it is, to me, it's like the conversation about who should win player of the year. Is it Salah or De Bruyne? Who's the young player of the year? Is it Kane or Sané? Or, mm. um, uh, you know, it, it, it to me it's that kind of conversation or who was better Messi or Maradona like it it almost doesn't matter the point is that you have achieved a status that puts you in that conversation and the rest is down to is down to personal opinion and um I guess other other factors around that um so I'm happy that City are in that conversation personally I think it's the best brand of football that I've seen in the Premier League um, as somebody who's been watching Premier League football regularly for pretty much bang on twenty years, that would be my that would be my summation of it. Um, what I would, what I don't hold, what I what I don't sort of agree with is that whether they're the best Premier League team, that shouldn't include um, factors such as how they've done in the Champions League or prolonged periods of greatness because obviously if you want a prolonged period then Fergie's United teams are going to um, win that all ends up because they were they were brilliant for pretty much two decades and obviously we've not won a Champions League but that doesn't determine that this season we are among the greatest champions of all time but obviously true greatness will be decided over um, whether we can pro- prolong this and make it a, a dynasty but for just individual season yeah they're, they're right they're right among the very best champions that this country's ever had um and then comparing it to previous title wins they're a better team than they've ever been it's the best football we've ever played um mancini's year i mean mancini has a huge huge part in city history because he changed the mentality of the whole club and in many ways mancini set the the blueprint for everything that's come since because he he was the man who spoke about going ripping that banner down from Old Trafford and who stood up to Fergie. I mean, who literally stood up to Fergie on the touchline and um, he had the square up to him when he told him to shut his mouth in one of the derbies when we were winning and about to win the league. Um, so his team, his team was a very, very good team and very, very worthy champions. But there was a period where they nearly bottled a, a very decent lead in that title. And then Pellegrini, his job basically was to not be Mancini. And I don't mean to demean him because he did a very, very good job in that first season, not so much after. And we played some scintillating football that year. But the fact is that we won it because Liverpool um, and, and Gerard literally slipped up. Um, we had to be very good after that. But this team have been on the front foot right from the start. Uh, what the... What 2012 will always have is it will always have that feeling of being the first one of a lot of City fans' lifetimes because it was the first one in 44 years and the first one of the Premier League era. And it came with that context of it was United that we had to overthrow who had been the club who most enjoyed keeping us down over the years. Whilst we were at our lowest ebb, they were winning trebles and and breaking records and, and all the rest of it. And we had to overcome them to win the league. And we did it in stoppage time with maybe the most dramatic moment in, certainly in Premier League football, and one in, in truth, one of the most dramatic moments in the history of, of sport, I would say. So there's a uniqueness to that that will never, ever be topped and a euphoria around it that we'll probably never quite feel again. But in terms of prolonged enjoyment over a season of just going watching week after week of pure brilliance, uh, this season tops the lot for that. And it is... 
it'll live forever in the memory banks. There's game after game that you can point to. Although we were denied a, a, a league winning moment, we denied that that rush where we're all together in one stadium and all celebrating together. Uh, it, in time, that that doesn't really matter. Um, it's just been it's been an absolute joy. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Yeah. Um, interested to get uh, your take on what we will see from this Manchester City team the rest of the season. Obviously, at the start of the season, we saw lots and lots of rotation. Uh, so, uh, assuming that that's kind of what we'll see from here on out, with uh, unfortunately no other competitions left to play for? Yeah, I think there will be some rotation. I think. Uh, I would expect as long as as long as he's fit to play, I would expect John Stones to get a run in the team because he has been uh, basically out of it pretty much since the uh, League Cup semi-final against Bristol City in January. He's, he's really struggled to get back in since then, uh, and understandably so because Company and Otamendi have been fantastic. Uh, I would expect well, we're going to see Benjamin Mendy come back in. Uh, who's, he, he's essentially going to be a new signing next season, but I'm sure at the first opportunity uh, he will get games. Um, Foden, uh, Phil Foden and uh, Ibrahim Diaz will, will certainly play because this is a perfect opportunity to blood them in Premier League games that have absolutely no pressure attached to them at all. But where we're playing teams that have things to play for, Swansea, Brighton, Southampton, West Ham, all to come, uh, and Huddersfield, there is a pressure in the game because we will be against opponents who will really, really want to win. Uh, but from our point of view, obviously, there's nothing left to lose. Uh, but I hope I hope that they are consistently strong teams because we've still got records to play for. And that'll mean a lot to the fans. We don't want a situation where maybe we lose a couple of games and the history books don't quite show how good this team was because the gap closes to, and without being churlish, but because the gap closes to 10 points instead of where it could get to, where it could conceivably be 19 or 20 um, and be a record-breaking one. It would be a shame if it went the other way and wasn't quite reflected uh, in just how dominant City have been. Uh, I'd really like the, although the, the, you know, the name's on the trophy, it would be nice for it to be properly reflected. Because at the moment, you know, this... There's a chance to make this season, make the record books just read, make the Premier League history books just read like a biography of City's season. Uh, and, and I'd really like us to take that. 
Yeah, kind of summing up the last two things on the show yesterday, um, Zach did say that if you broke both 100 uh, barriers, both 100 points and 100 goals, 103, I think, is what you have to pass for the record, uh, that then you would be um, the greatest team in Premier League history for him. So there you go. He said it. You don't have to say it about your own (laughs) club. Um, With all that kind of summed up well, uh, the only thing we'll do is look a little bit towards next year. Um, will next year be like a couple years back, a almost exclusive focus on the Champions League, or do you think you will continue to try to challenge on all fronts and just kind of see where that leaves you come April and May? I think it will be a challenge on all fronts. I think the I wouldn't expect us. There's a there's a there's a weird sort of contradiction um, here where I think we will be a better team next season because we will strengthen the squad. Um, which is something we've we've failed to do well in the after the last two title wins. I think we will strengthen the squad. I think Guardiola will do a better job of keeping the players hungry and motivated than either Mancini or Pellegrini did. Where Mancini, I don't think the players liked him, but he obviously motivated them very well. But that had a very sort of burn bright and then quickly fade away. And Memo Pellegrini just wasn't a top level manager. So. Guardiola is his history proves that he keeps teams motivated and that he keeps them chomping at the bit so I've no concerns that they'll fall off in the Premier League I think we'll be a better team but the flip side of that is I don't expect a a sequence of 18 wins again or a scenario realistically where we're unbeaten until mid-January or where we've clinched the title with five games to go and we're we're 16 points ahead it just seems so unlikely to repeat that Um, the Champions League is a I have a a really sort of mixed relationship with the Champions League and how I see it in terms of a barometer of success. Because take this year, City are a better team than Liverpool and Liverpool are fantastic. But if you want the barometer of whether City are a better team than Liverpool, look at the league table. It's it's proven. Yet in the Champions League, that goes out of the window because City's style and and Liverpool's style make make for great matches. And Klopp, does have Pep's number to to quite a large extent. So Pep made one mistake and couldn't in playing Gundogan right midfield in the first leg, and that's it. Then we're out of the Champions League. It was it was. I wouldn't entirely say it was won and lost on that decision because that would do Liverpool an absolutely huge disservice, which wouldn't be fair. But that was a big contributing factor, and you can win the Champions League without being the best team in your country. It's impossible to measure year-on-year progress because this year we are a far, far better football team and we were far, far better in the Champions League than we were last year, but we only went one round further. We've had semi-final, our A semi-final, where we were nowhere near as good as this team. Um, We had in our first year, we went out with 10 points in the group stage when only three other teams had ever done that. But the next year we went out in the group stage with six points without winning a game. But in the end it all tallies up to the same thing. So I think the Champions League is so hard to target. It obviously is going to be an objective for as long as we're a good team and as long as we're in it, the objective is going to be to win it. I just don't think you can set it as a a benchmark for success. So I I imagine the the board at City would have a different view of it and I'm sure Pep sees it differently. Uh, But... I don't think it'll be an exclusive target. Mm. I think it'll be a focus along with winning the league um, and retaining that title. Because that's another thing. We've never we've never retained a title. Yeah. And that's a big part of 
a dynasty. That's a big part of the prestige that the club want. And so I don't think we can lose focus on that. And the best teams don't. The best teams don't lose focus on it. Right. And, and next season should be a fascinating one, I'm sure, to your detriment. Because um, obviously Liverpool are, are continuing to improve in, in key areas. Tottenham are, have always been a young squad that will just continue to improve by age. You assume Chelsea won't just sit on their laurels after what's happened this year. Um, and I don't think Arsenal will finish six again unless they keep Arsene Wenger. Um, <laughs> not to make this about any of them. Again, though, uh, that will do it for us today. Talking about your 2017-18 Premier League champions, Manchester City. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Richard, tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, uh, so I am on Twitter at Richard the Burns. Uh, I write one uh, article a week for Yahoo Sport UK, which I always put on my Twitter feed. And I am on the Blue Moon podcast, which has, which is a, a dedicated Manchester City podcast. Will obviously make for good listening for City fans over the next few weeks. And uh, we have, we should have an end of season live show recorded in front of a live audience. So for any listeners who might be based in Manchester, uh, that's always good. And we usually uh, get a special guest, so I can't make any promises on that at this point. Uh, but that might be worth checking out if you're a City fan. There on Twitter, at Blue Moon Podcast. There you go. Well, Richard, thanks so much for coming on. I agree with you. Jay Rodriguez should get a winner's medal. But it was <laughs> lovely speaking with you. Uh, and I'm sure we'll do so again soon because the season's not over yet. You still have all those records to chase. And I'm sure we'll be covering it uh, up through week 38. Yeah, great stuff. Cheers, Kev. A pleasure to come on and talk about. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.